0: Hello and welcome to our Living Word Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning experience. For the sake of time this morning, don't mind the worship team, they're going to hang out with me. Uh, But as we give, I'm going to kind of preface our day today uh, and begin to just jump in the message a little earlier, because like I said, I'm not trying to be the Pentecostal four o'clock today, all right? I I know everybody's got some plans and some of them might include football, but that's okay. Um, But I wanted to do this. If you know me as a person, as Nick, you know that I'm not a very political person. You know that I don't really use the pulpit to talk about political thoughts, and you're not going to hear that again today. Amen? Um, The reason is, is because there are conversations that happen in life that I think are better off happening like this. Not like this, but like this. Amen? Anybody with me this morning? There are some conversations that I feel like I can make a difference in your life, and there are are conversations that you can make a difference in someone's life in much louder ways than just posting things on social media, than just shouting things from a rooftop, hoping it sticks, you know, and hoping somebody hears what you're saying. This past week, I had the opportunity uh, to be at a retreat, uh, and I got to see and hear just some different things, and at one point... As many of you would even know this week and following some of the news, uh, one, of the, one of the pastors in our country had taken his life, had committed suicide, uh, and had caused a lot of stir in our, in our Christian community, right? A lot of questions, you know, uh, and I received a, a week's worth of questions in my, as you could imagine, in my direct boxes, in, in social media, my emails, my cell phone, my voicemails, for those of you that still leave them, I promise you text messages is better than voicemail. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... I just felt it very necessary when I prayed to talk about this briefly today. My goal was not necessarily to preach very long because I, I, if you're with me in this day and age, there are many ways to deliver a sermon, amen? You're about to hear five of them right here in just a few minutes. So. Today, the heart of the vision for this Sunday was to connect you to the heart of our people, to connect you to the heart of God, and to connect you to what God uh, is doing here at Living Word as well to make sure you don't go through this fall disconnected, amen? And we're going to make sure. But I didn't want to skip over it, and that's why I just kind of sped some of the middle parts that we usually do along this morning because I thought this portion was very important. Uh, For those of you that don't know, uh, somewhere around 2012, I got my master's degree in counseling. The reason I went and got a public master's degree in counseling was because I didn't want to be a pastor who counseled, right? I didn't want to be, a, I didn't want to be a, a guider. I didn't want to be just somebody who could say, I want to shepherd you along in life and help you go. I wanted to legitimately be able to counsel, amen? And part of learning that was the mental health and understanding the mental health of people. And part of that was understanding how fragile mental health is. I promise you it's not just a cool conversation, and I need some of you to realize that this morning. Mental health is just not the most fresh topic that a pastor could pick up or someone could kind of speak on like a podcast for. It's just not one of those, right? It's a reality. And people's mental health is real. And many of us have to wake up to the people around us because they are, they are literally and mentally, physically dying around us. And we don't get it. We walk around and we look for opportunities to have conversations in the most inopportune times. And I think that's what disappoints me most. I think as I read through everything this week and as I saw posts and as I heard from people and as I got the questions, I understood the question was simple. I just got done preaching a series to you. Will somebody please tell me the truth? You remember that one, yeah. right? And so I just felt very simple to come up here and talk about truth with you this morning very briefly. Because the number one question, if we can just be honest with each other, was, I, Pastor Nick, I don't understand. Some people are acting like someone who takes their life goes to heaven, right? Someone was asking, please tell me, please tell the what does the Bible say about suicide? Are you with me this morning? I need to put a period there because I want you to know that my heart hurts and I'm holding you accountable if it's you and I want you to hold someone else accountable if you thought this week was a good opportunity to tell people what your favorite favorite thought on suicide was. And I need you to go ahead and repent of that. Because this week wasn't an opportunity for you to go post and for you to tell 15,000 people your personal theology on suicide. I promise you the the young man who was 30 years old who took his life as a pastor who had a ministry that directly affected people who were struggling with what he was struggling with. He had a very public, uh, 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 excuse me, he had a very, very public ministry. He had a nonprofit organization that directly was trying to help people not commit suicide. Come on, somebody. As somebody said, the fruit was there, pastor. The fruit was there. But so was the flesh. And we've got to recognize the seasons that we're in and learn to take opportunity to talk and learn to take opportunity to shut up and pray. You see, I guarantee you his wife don't need to hear your opinion right now about what you think about suicide. His wife needs you to hug, needs a hug, needs a comfort. Come on. It's not about those who have passed. It's about the survived. And we miss that. If you get the honor to do someone's funeral, you would understand what I'm saying. That person has gone to be on with Christ in Jesus name. However, there are a lot of people sitting in front of you that are listening. There are a lot of people that are wondering why Christians are so angry and hatred and hate-filled. They're wondering why Christians are so judgmental. They're wondering why Christians take opportunities like this. It's almost like when I I joke with my wife, she's like, why don't we, you know, or or actually my mom would be the most, because my wife is okay with not going to New York City, but my mom, oh, let's go December 24th. I'm like, December 24th? We go to New York City. We live five miles away. We go to New York City when the world goes to New York City, right? Like, why do we got to wait till something happens? To then act like, oh, I got a degree and I want to talk about this. I've counseled 42 people on suicide and let me tell you, 99% of them, what, what, what? I was sitting with a pastor this week at the retreat I was at who was one person removed from the young man who committed suicide. He was finished speaking. He came to the back. I said, Pastor, come here. I showed him my phone. I knew that they had been in circles together because they both do a lot of school um, which I'm going to call, it's a lot of school assemblies. And I showed him it, and he got very emotional at first, and he walked out the back, and he came back later to let me know that it was one of his closest friends who is best, best friends with the young man who committed suicide. They fly, and they pass each other, and as they go to different conferences, and they do different things, they've shared stages before, and I just kind of thought in that moment, I'm like, you know, we got to talk, and even the next morning, I kind of told, we were just talking pastor to pastor, and I got to share with him some of the rhetoric that I saw on that. And man, he was angry. He was like, people are saying, what? People are thinking, what? I want you to hear it from your pastor today, very simply this. I need you to begin to recognize the season of your voice. And I need you to begin to understand that there are seasons that you need to step up. And you need to say what needs to be said in truth and love. And then there's seasons when you need to shut up. There's seasons to step up and seasons to shut up. And sometimes shutting up looks like, and it gives you the opportunity to be the hug. Some of you don't realize, I'm a talker, I'm your pastor. I can say that, right? I'm a talker to to the 10th degree. But I've had to learn more and more and still will today and after today that sometimes my mouth gives does not give me the opportunity to minister to somebody. Yeah. As much as I think oh man I I just want that person to know this. I want them to feel God's love. I want sometimes if I shut up a little bit more, I promise you I'd probably reach a couple more people. Yeah. And I'm asking you to take those two pieces and learn that. I want to give you a practical resource today. We are in we are a non-denominational church, but much of our spiritual backing as far as the 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 tenets of faith that we put in our bylaws, okay, they're from the Assemblies of God. That's been since the root of our church. So we're non-denominational, we're not affiliated with any denomination, but we use the Assemblies of God's uh, spiritual tenets to guide us, and that's how we spiritually would be able to tell you, this is what we believe, this is why we believe it, this is how we believe it, right? And I do want to give you a very simple resource. The Assemblies of God's main website has a great tool that under resources is called Doctrinal Statements. Right? Or statements of faith, statements of truth, one of those. There's only four options. It'll be very obvious which one it is. Okay? And in there are a long list of many educational theological thoughts you might struggle with. I want to challenge you to begin to study some of those papers. Because those papers are very, very well written. Right? They're very, very well put together. And I want to read to you an excerpt of how they would talk to you in reference to this current situation. It says it this way in their, in their paper, which wasn't written now. It was written in 2010. So it's very, very clear when they've updated them. So this is, this is from 2010. This is the last paragraph of about a five or six-page well-written paper. No, other, no one other than the Lord himself can know the depths of depression or illness out of which the decision to end one's life may have sprung. Suicide entails reasoned and deliberate action. However, one who is clinically depressed or emotionally unbalanced is not normally regarded as fully responsible. Therefore, questions that deal with eternal destiny cannot be decided by the survivors. They must be left in the hands of God who is all-knowing, all-loving, and forever merciful and just. Recognizing the limits of human knowledge And the gracious nature of the Lord, the church can minister effectively in the midst of brokenness and pain. That excerpt is very powerful and useful for me and you. It's not a cop-out to not answer somebody's tough question. Because there's not. That's not as crystal clear as even some of you in here would say, but Pastor Nick, I need to know, is it heaven or hell? I'm going to give you it as honest and as straightforward as they said it here and as I've always shared it in different contexts with you. If you are a well-knowing, mentally healthy person and you take the risk of taking such action in your life, I need you to understand nobody around you has the real answer of eternity. That's the real talk answer. It doesn't mean it's useless to talk about amongst correct proper time circles. I've had some great conversations with our leadership team, with other leadership teams this week that I got on the phone with, and I had some amazingly powerful conversations on how to talk about this and handle this. But I want you to understand you don't need to be God, and God's not asking you to be Him. He's asking you to be a child of God who would be no different than if your brother or sister might be sitting next to you, that you would put your arm around them in this season, and that if that's affecting that person, you would do everything in your might. The pastor said to me as we were walking through the retreat, he called a friend of his who is deeply struggling with depression. And I heard him say on the phone, he said, you will answer my call every Thursday. Why? Because that's all he can do. All he could physically do is say I'm going to call you every Thursday and I'm going to ask you how your battle with depression is. I'm going to ask you are you seeing somebody? I'm going to ask you are you actively getting healthier? I'm going to ask you if you're doing it. That's what we if you want to do something about it, do me a favor and actually do something about somebody's mental health. Get involved in somebody's life who's struggling with suicide and depression and cutting and and, and so many other things because I promise you this, I promise you that much of what you're missing is that they are alone. You don't understand loneliness until you're there. And for those of you who felt alone, I promise you, you could be in a crowd of a thousand and still be lonely. Loneliness is not a state of physical being. It is an emotional place that you go It is an emotional thing that happens. The enemy, if he can disconnect you from your help, he has defeated you as one person. And so church, I wanted to take a few minutes today and I wanted to share that with you because I think it is appropriate. I will, and I promise in the coming weeks, begin to talk a little bit about loneliness, a little bit about how we as a church and how you as an individual through scripture and certain passages and ways that we saw Jesus deal with it. I will address it at least the following week briefly and if the Lord gives me more, I will share more, amen. But I ask that you do two things. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. We have value because we were made in the image of God. Many people who are mentally unstable because of things that have happened in the flesh, are you following me? They do not find value in themselves or anything. And I want you to begin to put scripture like Genesis 1. The second thing, we have value because we are his children. The second, it says it this way in John 1, 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It is a right that we would be God's children. And I want to challenge you, if you're looking at me this morning, I'm going to practice what I preach with all of you looking at me. If you are deeply depressed, lonely, if you're hurting, if if you're hurting, if you're angry, if you're lonely, if you're tired, And it is causing you to be mentally unstable. I need you to be brave enough to go get help. And I need you to do me a favor and not just seek it from somebody, but seek it from a professional person who knows how to help you through what you are. Pastors can help you. We can pray with you. But I promise you there's times in my life I've wanted to kick a few pastors or kick a few friends who keep telling me they want to pray for me when I need something. I need you to get in the hole. I need you to get in the hole with me and help me dig out of this. Right? I need you to understand the value of helping me physically take steps daily. And if that's you, I need you to make sure that you're very direct about it. And I need you to seek help about it. There are great Christian uh, counselors in this area. We can refer you as a church if you need that, right? And we would be happy to partner twofold. Partner in the prayer and partner in the practice. You receive that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for us, and then I'm going to close this portion. Lord, I thank you so much for this church. I firmly believe that as a result of the action of the believers inside of this church that we will change this region for you. That there will be something different inside the walls that will then be outside the walls. God, you didn't call us to just exist inside this cube. You've called us to impact our community. You've called us to impact our world. And we understand the only way to do that is through people. That you would take us, Lord, as... as, as As big of a mess as we are at times, Lord, that you would literally, Lord, day by day, cleanse us and and walk us and and take us through this journey that we might be the light in the world that somebody needs. Lord, I ask you to forgive us for the times that we've walked by in our offices, in our classrooms, in our our places of, of work, in our places of home and family, that we have been so stubborn and blinded in our own life that we've just walked by people who need help. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be overly sensitive but that we would, we would have an understanding, God. We would have an understanding by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, Lord, the discernment to be able to see things, even as they're happening, God. That you would give us wisdom and knowledge and how to care for our friends and our family. We understand that you work through relationship, God. And so we ask first and foremost if there's people right around us, God, right now in our family, our children, our, our, our extended families, whoever, that need help that they would know how to find it through my life in Jesus' name. We ask these things, God, because we just want to be used by you. We want to be a beacon of hope. And God, our heart literally crushes for those, God, who cannot or do not overcome the flesh. Lord, we ask for your guidance. We ask for your protection. Lord, we do pray for Jared's wife and we ask that you would be with her and the family as a whole. We thank you that their ministry will go on and there will be young people and old Lord, both alike, who do not take their life because of the brave, step-out, Lord, unashamed testimony that they carry. We ask you, Lord, that you would be glorified in all this, God, in the confusion, in the heartache, in the hard time, that we would be a people of solution who point people back to you, God. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's message here at Living Word Church. Uh, If you're looking for a community, looking for a home church, we want to challenge you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1045 here in Union, New Jersey. We pray you have a blessed day in Jesus' name.